Hey there, it's Melissa Brunetti, and welcome to the Mind Your Own Karma podcast. Hey there, Karma crew. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Mind Your Own Karma, The Adoption Chronicles. Today is a solo episode, short but sweet, and it's a little thing that I'm calling a PSAA, a public service adoptee announcement. This is your friendly fellow adoptee making some observations and wondering if you've seen the same things happening. I don't know if there's an eclipse coming. I don't know if it's because the weather's been crazy weird here in California. Mercury's in retrograde. Venus took a hike somewhere. I don't know what is going on in adoptee land. But have you noticed that tensions have been kind of high and other adoptee individuals are lashing out at other adoptee individuals and there's just been kind of a lot of bickering and triggering and anger floating around. I have to admit, I myself have been feeling a little unsettled and I haven't quite put my finger on why. So I'm not really sure what's going on. Like I said, maybe it's just me, but I have seen an increase in heightened sensitivity on the adoptee sites. And in observing these things, I just had a few things come to mind that I wanted to share with you today. You know, adoptee land is huge and we are all on our own separate journeys, although a lot of times we have a lot in common. But at the same time, we have all experienced adoption in different ways, in how we were raised, in different things that have happened to us over time that have maybe caused us to lose our authenticity a little by little along the way. So many things have shaped us into what we are in this moment right now. And it's so important for us to validate other adoptees and their experiences, even if it wasn't something that we experienced. I have said this before and I will say it again, it does not matter if you agree or not. All you have to do is hold space for that other person and maybe just say, wow, you know, that wasn't my experience, so I can't really relate, but man, I'm sorry you feel that way. How hard is that to do? Instead of reacting and making a hateful comment about you're wrong, that's not the way it is, and inflicting your own opinion on somebody else's story. I have had many guests on my show and I don't agree with everyone's opinions on things, but that doesn't matter. I'm there to validate them and hold space for them so that they can tell their story in the way that they experienced it. One example is the book, The Primal Wound by Nancy Verrier. And there's a lot of adoptees that really do not like her. Number one, because she's giving her opinion as an adoptive parent. And a lot of adoptees get triggered just hearing the word adoptive parent. Now, I've told you the story that my birth mother gave me the book, The Primal Wound to begin with when I was about 23 years old when I met her soon after I met her 
And I read the book and I was so angry that she gave me that book because I didn't feel like any of it applied to me. And how dare she give me a book about my feelings and how I should be feeling and how other adoptees feel. And that's probably how I feel when she didn't know me from Adam. I was very defensive, very angry, very triggered. And I don't even remember if I finished the book back then. I threw it in the trash. No way, that's not me. I don't know what you're talking about. This is garbage. Now, looking back, why did that trigger me so much? One of the ways it triggered me was it made me super uncomfortable because we weren't supposed to talk about these things out loud, let alone in a book that anybody could read. And another way it triggered me is something I just mentioned was it made me feel like my birth mother felt like she knew me. And I was like, you don't know me at all, lady. And lastly, the things that were mentioned in that book, those weren't me. I wasn't traumatized by being adopted. Adoption is great. What are you talking about? I'm not one of these walking wounded people that you are discussing in this book. No, that's not me. So I slam dunked Nancy Verrier's book in the garbage and that was that. I ignored these triggers that were actually treasures to me and I didn't stop to think about why it triggered me so badly. And maybe if I would have stopped back then at 23 years old, I wouldn't have half the body pain I have in my body from carrying trauma for another 15 years, probably longer than that, because I still have a ton of body pain and I'm still working through my trauma. I've stuffed it for so long that it's caused me physical pain. And it's just over the last 15 years that I've started to look inside myself first and discover why I react the way I do. And when I came out of the fog, I didn't know that I was coming out of the fog. I hadn't heard that term until about a year and a half ago. All I knew was that I had to find myself, my true self, my authenticity. I had to be me. I had gifts to give the world. I deserved to be happy. I want to fulfill the purpose that I was put here on this earth to do. Let me tell you, it isn't the most fun thing to look in the mirror and look at yourself and take responsibility for where you're at in life. It's not fun. It's so much easier to point fingers at everyone else around you that it wasn't fair. It just wasn't fair. And you know what? It probably wasn't fair. And I'm so sorry. But this is the fact. The fact is healing happens when you acknowledge without judgment the parts of yourself that you would rather ignore. We all have parts of us that we want to ignore, every single one of us. But until we look at those parts and figure out why they're so angry at us, whether it's because we have hid them because we had to to survive, 
or maybe these parts were put away in the shadows because it was easier living day by day without them. But when these parts that you have hidden away are truly a part of you, then a piece of you is missing. So acknowledge those parts now, those parts of you that are hidden behind the armor because someone told you not to be that way or reacted in a negative manner when you did that thing that you do. There's this ancient Chinese proverb that says, he who blames others has a long way to go on his journey. He who blames himself is halfway there. He who blames no one has arrived. There's no room for blame here in the healing process. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to hear that blame has no place in the healing process. Because adoptee, I know you have been through a lot. And sometimes it was at the hands of someone else. And that is so hard to release. So hard. But it's either release it or relive it. We repeat what we don't repair. And the warning signal keeps getting louder and louder and louder. It's like that warning light in the car. You could ignore that light and just keep on driving. You could do that. We do it all the time, every day. And all of a sudden, maybe start hearing a knocking or a squeaking or a noise. But we ignore that because the car still goes and gets me where I'm going and it still drives the same. It's fine. So we keep on driving down the road. The light's still on. The knocking continues. And suddenly you find yourself on the side of the road. Maybe there's smoke coming out of the hood. Maybe you blew a tire because you didn't pay attention to that light telling you that you needed to air up your tires. Maybe you ignored that warning light telling you that your brake light was out and you got pulled over by the police and now you have a ticket. But these lost little parts that we hid along the way, these little pieces of our authenticity, they tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, you forgot about me back here. I was hidden because you had to, which was fine. I totally understand. But now I'm ready to come out. Now I'm ready to be a part of you again. It's safe now. But we just keep ignoring the little tap. And then it becomes a little shake on the shoulder. And we just keep going until maybe it becomes this huge baseball bat that just hits us over the head. At that point, we can't ignore it anymore. You all know I was there. I felt like I was dying and I still didn't want to stop and look. I didn't want to stop and look at the light. I didn't want to look at the warning light. I didn't want to look in the mirror. I didn't want to figure out what was hidden, what needed to be done. It could be painful. I was scared. It was the unknown. Who knows what was going to be uncovered? But until I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and sad and miserable and unhappy and just hating life, it was sink or swim, baby. And I decided to swim. And the funny thing is that I discovered in looking at these small parts of me 
was that, yes, it may have hurt looking and digging these things up for a short time, but it was freeing me from long-term suffering. And that long-term suffering is like a slow death. The death of you and who you are. The pain sometimes has to be greater than the fear when you finally decide that I can't take it anymore. The pain is too great. I am ready to face my fears. And you're going to find that some of those fears were validated when you uncover them. And some of those fears are like turning your bedroom light on as a kid when you thought you saw the boogeyman and you realized that it was no big deal. Pretty soon the uncovering becomes an addiction because it feels so good. You just want to have more. You want to have more of yourself and you just want to keep releasing and integrating things back to you that are authentically you. You just want more. And the great outcome of becoming more yourself and more authentic is you allow other people to do the same and you aren't triggered as much as you used to be. You will notice that. Have you ever seen someone or have you had someone in your life that gets annoyed about something that other people do, but the person complaining does the exact same thing, that's because that annoyance that triggers that person is something that they don't like about themselves, but they're not willing to look inwards at it, but they can see it in other people and they don't even realize they're doing it. And it's clear as day to other people around this person. And don't you want to just say that sometimes and just say, you do the same thing? But that probably wouldn't go over very well now, would it? But that kind of brings me back around to Nancy Verrier's book, The Primal Wound, and what triggered me. I think the first thing I said was that we aren't supposed to say those things. You can't say those things that she said in that book. We're not allowed to. And why was that triggering? I had to look at myself and realize that the anger was coming from me not feeling like I had permission to say how I felt about adoption at all. I didn't know I could have permission to have feelings about it. I didn't know I could voice an opinion. And I was envious of Nancy Verrier. This woman was saying these things that were supposed to be secret, that we weren't supposed to say out loud. And not only that, the things she was saying, I didn't want to admit those things might be me, that I could be that person in the book, that I could have this primal wound. It sounded horrible. I didn't want to be that person. I didn't even want to think that I could be that person. Which brings me to being triggered by my birth mother for even giving me the book and being so bold as to think that she knew me. Why did that make me angry? Is it because 
I was angry that she knew something that maybe I didn't, that she knew me better than I knew myself, that this stranger that was biologically linked to me knew a secret about me that I wasn't ready to look at or examine. And I definitely wasn't ready at 23. And I wasn't ready until probably two years ago when I repurchased the book and read it again and was able to discern what I owned and what I didn't own. What rang true for me in that book and what didn't. I had to come out of the fog I had to look in the mirror. I had to re-examine everything about my life and stand on my own two feet, releasing all of these people that I blamed for so long. And only then could I look at that book and digest it in a way that was helpful. I took what I needed and I left what I didn't. And let me say a quick word about releasing people. When I say release, I don't mean forgive. I think forgive has kind of a sour taste in your mouth, right? When you feel like you've been wronged and you feel like if you forgive this person, that you're giving them a get out of jail free card. And I totally get those feelings and I validate that. But when I say release, I don't mean forgive. I'm not asking you to forget what happened. I'm asking you to release yourself from the pain, to release yourself from the bitterness of that anger prison. You're not saying what happened was okay, but you're saying it's okay to move on and be happy. Releasing means I'm going to stop drinking the poison and hoping the other person dies that's just not working for me. I'm telling you, it's time to live a life that you love and let everyone else do the same. You know, I had an SMGI client this week that realized this exact same thing. She realized that being happy and letting go of her anger wasn't saying that it didn't happen. And how freeing is that to realize? You can be happy and live a life that you love and still that doesn't negate what happened to you. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that letting go of anger is easy because I know it's not. But here's just a little food for thought and just listen to what I have to say. Sometimes we cling to anger because we are scared that once that anger and hate is gone, that we will be forced to deal with the pain. But once we do that and start looking at the pain and dealing with the pain, that is where freedom and power are. Freedom and power are in the healing process. So let's flip the script on our triggers and let's look at our triggers as treasures. Treasures to look for and dig up 
and discover and be curious about instead of reacting. If you know me, you know I love quotes and I have this quote on my wall and it's from someone unknown and it says, the more you hide your feelings, the more they show. The more you deny your feelings, the more they grow. So, so true. So I'm asking the adoptee community to come together and to stop hurting one another. There is enough space for all of us. There's enough space for all of our stories. There's enough space for all of our viewpoints and beliefs. And there's definitely enough space for love. Love, understanding, and validation. I respect your opinion and I hope you respect mine. That is it for my PSAA today. I hope I gave you some food for thought. And as always, take what you need and leave what you don't. And always remember to mind your own karma. I'll see you next time.